Rodney Jane here with May deals so good you'll be glad you came to Bob Jane Tamar's. Buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama, Dunlop or Goodyear tyres and get one free tyre. Plus up to $150 instant cash back on brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Continental and more. That's not all, get a massive 20% off on selected Kumo tyres. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Give us a call or shop online today. We'll look after you. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, powered by race fuels in association with Bob Jane T-Marts. From supercars to club racing, race fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, battles and brawls in the Wild West. Jamie Wincup explains SVG's new deal. Barry Ryan, let's rip on rules of engagement confusion. And... Renee Gracie on her Supercars TV snub. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. It's a packed pod with action, intrigue and revelations galore at the Perth Super Sprint. Definitely the Wild West at Wanneroo Raceway as battles and brawls raged across the weekend and there was also plenty more spice behind the scenes. So, where to begin? Well, amid the latest Gen 3 fixes and parity adjustments, Supercars Head of Motorsport, Adrian Burgess, broke his silence, declaring that the Camaro and Mustang are already effectively equal, despite the disparity in results. As rectification of Gen 3 build and operation issues continue, along with ongoing Ford engine parity tweaks, Burgess told Parked Up Plus that refinement of the new rules has been rapid, using the centre of gravity adjustment to the Camaro as an example of supercar's pursuit of technical parity. You know, we're in competition here. These teams are in competition. If you ask all the GM guys, they'll say, don't bother, it's a waste of time. But then if you ask the blue guys, they'll say, guys, it's not parity. So we're trying to make sure we've got parity and we want to tick every single box we can so that people don't come and ask us any questions, are the cars paratised? We want them paratised, so that then, then those guys just go and race hard and fair, knowing that they've got the same ability, they've got the same technical uh, package as the other side. So we could have probably got away with not doing it. I don't believe for a second you see any difference here on the track that comes from the COG adjustment, but we know we've all ticked the, bo ticked the box and done the job. All of this, I guess, really comes under the category of fine tuning and if you want to extend it you know relatively small teething problems and and i guess for a you know a brand new set of cars and rules um the work you've had to do, do so far is well it's a testament to the base design isn't it i, I think we're, we're all too critical we're all very close to it we all want perfection Getting perfection sometimes is a long process, but when you sit back and see what we've got, what we've achieved, what we've put on the track, 
it, it, for me, I think it's, it is testament to the work that both the homologation teams, supercars, technical, the manufacturers, the whole teams in building these things. I personally think the cars are great. I think the racing so far has been good. It, you know, can you make it better? You can always make things better. But when you get 20 cars in qualifying one there covered by three tenths, I mean, what do we want more from that? You know, it's, I think we've got a great product. We've got a great product for the future. I think the work that everyone's done has been massive. It's been huge. It's taken a lot of toll on a lot of people. But I think you'll hopefully you'll agree the end product is pretty exciting. And Adrian, the reality is that even with these minor adjustments, there has been effectively parity between both cars, hasn't there? They're, they're, they're as equal as you could possibly want. I think so, yes. We've still got a Ford. We're still an engine anomaly. Is it affecting the show? You can argue one way or the other. Depends who you ask. I don't think it is. Do we want to remove that anomaly? Of course we do. That's, and that's what we're working towards doing. But at the moment, for me, the racing has been fantastic. They are extremely, extremely close. But unless you're the bloke stood on the top step every week, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna say no. We need to fix something. Burgess also detailed the latest Gen 3 changes and updates, explaining in plain English what they mean and their intended effect. Tune in to Parked Up on Thursday for the full revealing interview. In an interview with Fox Sports' Jess Yates aired on Sunday, Shane Van Gisbergen dropped the bombshell that his contract renewal with Triple Eight gives him the option to leave at the end of 2024. The proviso is that he can only trigger an early exit if he wants to race outside supercars, which of course means a major category overseas. Now, amid talk of SVG's interest in NASCAR, Triple Eight team boss Jamie Wincup revealed that his star driver's new deal is for two years, and he also explained the terms of the agreement. No, no. So we, we've done a multi-year deal with Shane, but, um, you know, if he decides for 25, he wants to go do something else outside of the category, he's, he certainly can. And to be frank, if anybody, anybody within the organisation wants to wants to go somewhere else, you know, and the grass is greener uh, in another category, then I'm not going to hold them to a bloody contract, you know what I mean? So we, we provide a, a great place, but, but um, you know, we... People want it. People first and foremost want to will want to be here, you know. Um, so no, no, no. He's um, he's he's got he's got that option for 25, not for 24, but for 25. Um, and we'll, we'll see how see how it pans out. I I um, we didn't announce it initially because we didn't want to we, we didn't want to conceal the details of the contract. But now you're asked, tell you the truth, and that's what it's all about. So so it's. One with two year option, two options or one? No, it's a, it's a multi year, it's a two year deal. It's a, t- it's a two year deal with, with an option for 25 if, uh, if Shane wants to uh, go go to another category or, 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 or and or retire. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it doesn't signify any sort of doubt, does it, past the one year? It's just an option. It's just an option, exactly. No, no. So if he decides to stay in supercars, then. Uh, then the deal's done. But if he decides he wants to go somewhere else than supercars, then um, then he's got that option. It was a mixed weekend for Red Bull Empire Racing, overshadowed by Erebus Motorsport. Van Gisbergen struggled in qualifying for Sunday's races, offset by Brock Feeney's win from pole. 
While Win Cup admits that his powerhouse squad has a fight on its hands, he's equally confident of rising to the challenge. We're somewhat happy with the weekend. Uh, qualifying is very important around a tight, tight, short distance track like this. And uh, yeah, we the mixed bag was we qualified poorly in a couple of races and qualified well in others and, and got the results for it. So. All in all, we will uh, go away um, wanting to improve our qualifying, but overall pace is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, obviously Shane got a bit lost in the qualifying for the two races today, particularly the second one, but any particular reason? No, not at all. The cars are very close. You, know, you make a small change to the car and you lose half a tenth or a tenth, and that's sort of ten positions, you know. So championship's good, strong. The cars are... Cars, cars are great you know what I mean they, they're racing really well and the whole field is just massively compressed it's it's really exciting but um, it's painful being an engineer a driver or a team owner because you make one little you just miss it by a little bit and you're a long way back and that's just the way it goes it's just going to come down to who uh, who makes the least mistakes and who who has the best bad days that's what um, that's what it's going to come down to uh, I mean, is, is it concerning that, you know, when a driver of Shane's calibre just misses his and his team, but just, just missed the mark, which has big consequences now? No, it's not concerning because everybody's, everybody's doing it. Um, you know, I think the Erebus guys have been a standout with being most consistent. You know, they're, they're doing a very good job, no, no doubt. Um, so, of course, yeah, we, we, we can do a better job, but I'm, I'm certainly not concerned with... We've got the uh, got the people and the resources to um, to be able to turn it around, and we're on the on the chase. 180 points down the team's championship and 130 down in the drivers' championship. Um, but we've got Brock right in there for the drivers' championship as well. So no, we'll, we'll we'll do our thing and keep chasing like we always do. The retired seven-time supercars driving champion certainly doesn't underestimate the threat from Erebus. It's early days, and and they are doing a good job. So credit where credit's due. Um, but at Triple Eight over the years, we've we've had pretty much every every team in pit lane throw a challenge at us in some way, shape, or form. So um, yeah, we you know last one minute we're we're fighting DJR, and at the moment we're fighting we're fighting Erebus for the for the top spot. So we enjoy the challenge. Doesn't matter where it comes from. We enjoy the challenge. We recognise people that are doing you know doing good things and putting in good performance and we recognize they're doing a good job and um, we thank them for the carrot to, um, to try to get better ourselves of course the big talk of the weekend at Wanneroo was the domination by Erebus Motorsport and the team's unsuccessful appeal over Shane Van Gisbergen's barging to beat Brody Kostecki on Saturday Kostecki had three podiums and Will Brown scored a win and a podium in their Coca-Cola Racing Camaros, extending the team's lead in the Drivers' and Teams' Championships. Outspoken Erebus team boss Barry Ryan is keeping a lid on expectations, despite admitting it was a dream weekend at Wanneroo results-wise. Yeah, it's sort of probably one of our best, but yeah, we had a really good Australian Grand Prix too, so, you know, winning races, that's, that's what we're here for, so... And to get a 1-2 today and... Um, yeah, good pit stops and all, all that, tick all those boxes, it's plenty good. So, yeah, we, we nearly got maximum points today, so it was really good. But, and, you know, for the week into a, uh, maybe breakthrough is too big a word, but maybe a breakthrough for Will Brown this year. 
Yeah, this weekend, yeah, he didn't have the best day yesterday, but the way he turned it around overnight, he put a lot of focus into why, and so did the engineers, and he worked with Brody real close, and apparently he listened to Adele on the way in this morning, that makes a difference apparently, so, yeah, no, he did a really good job, and yeah, it just, it's good to see him be able to step it up when he needs to. Well, look, of course, it's still early days in the championship, but if there are any doubts, which I, I don't think there were, but you guys now, you're seriously threatening for the championship, aren't you? Both championships. Yeah, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's it's really confidence-inspiring when you can come to a, a fifth track track now that's another different style track and still be really competitive. So that's the hardest thing to achieve. And we can never really do it with the old car. We, we were sort of good at some tracks and not good at others. So yeah, it's actually really satisfying to be able to good, be good at, at five tracks now. So Tassie's different again, so we'll, we'll see how we go there. But Ryan is far from happy about the rules of engagement for drivers raging that they're still unclear. He says the protest ruling opens the way for retribution. No, absolutely no idea, but that was, that was part of the process. We just wanted to go through the process and see what they said. And now we know that that's acceptable. So next time, if Brody and Will get them in that situation, that's the way they're going to pass. So, you know, precedent set now. So there's a new game on um, for how you can pass people and get away with it. An expensive lesson to learn, though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, the four grand fees. Oh, it is, but yeah, sometimes you've got to do that to, to prove a point or to learn something. So if we've weren't learnt now that we can get away with moves like that, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to do a move like that and know we're not going to get punished for it. So if it's the difference between winning or coming second, the four grand protest fee is nothing. Once again, Dick Johnson Racing wasn't the front-running Ford team. Anton Di Pasquale struggled in qualifying to smother his race prospects as Will Davison, well, he showed glimpses of speed. Now, while Team Chief David Noble concedes progress is still too slow, he remains convinced DJR is headed in the right direction. Yeah, mixed bag, wasn't it? You know, it's um, there were some good signs. You know, quality today was good with Anton. Um, Will finished in the top 10 three times over the weekend. So look, yeah, we, we think there's definitely some light um, at the end of the tunnel. It's just, again, the sensitivity of the changes as we're still trying to get our, our heads around a little bit and just what tools we can use. And the engines, you know, in terms of adjustments and remapping, yes. and do you think the engine is now getting to where it needs to be? I think it's heading in the right direction. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, to get the, the change for this weekend was really good. Um, we haven't, look, I haven't done an, a massive debrief with the, the drivers over the weekend, but from what I've heard from the engineers, yeah, there's some, certainly some positivity of, of how they've felt the drivability of the car's been. Noble also ruled out ADP and Davo from the driver's market silly season, confirming that both are locked in for next year. No, both are signed for next year, so we've, which is good. I mean, it's the consistency that you're after, um, you know, development in the car, new car. So it'll be, it's nice to have that, not have to get into that silly season, I guess, um, is good. But yeah, no, both are locked away for next year. So definitely that's two pieces of the puzzle that have been, well, well I don't know which way you describe it, removed or yeah. they're locked in. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that, that was done before I got here. So, um, but yeah, look, very happy that we've got our, our two guys at the moment on board. So, 
yeah, it takes us out of the equation for anything in the market. Sort of related to that, how's Anton's morale? Because, you know, he's struggling more than you'd expect. Yeah, oh look, he's really resilient. You know, he's he's certainly very determined. Um, he's working with Ludo really closely in, you know, in the setup. So, yeah, look, he, he'd like it to be set a bit better so that we have more consistency in, in the racing. Um, but look, he's really resilient. Um, cares a lot about you know he's driving and, and making sure that we're and we have to you know make sure we can deliver him a product that can get him up in the in the podiums. The quiet achiever of the weekend was Chaz Mostert, rebounding from a horror Saturday to record strong results on Sunday. While Mostert never threatened for the podium in his WAU Mustang, he did enough to retain second in the championship behind Kostecki. And although surprised to still be near the top on points, Jazz has a good feeling about the upcoming rounds. Uh, well, yeah, race one today, we can't be unhappy with that. We were fourth in that one and, and obviously oh, fifth in that one. So yeah, today's been a big turnaround for the, the guys, you know, to qualify sixth and seventh, probably a little upset with myself, um, not maximizing the car in, in qualifying. Um, but it's super tight out there. So yeah, I think we, today when we changed the car, it was like starting Friday again. We were just a little bit behind the eight ball. So car needs a little bit more fine tuning, still a bit learning, but that's the philosophy we need to stick with that, you know, uh, Grand Prix and yesterday, just we just we just weren't that competitive. So um, yeah, I'm pretty happy to at least find something this early in the year and um, yeah, keep building on that. Well, you're still very much in the championship race for all that. Yes, uh, didn't you know? Normally in this category, you need to be getting trophies consistently to be in that. So I'm glad I'm hanging in there. Um, but yeah, we, we we obviously need to be starting on that front two rows, be able to to, to, to push the pressure on, try and get wins because um, as the champ as the the year goes on, those guys that are starting to clock these wins up, they're the guys that's going to be able to catch. So I'm glad I'm in, um, you know, breathing distance. But um, we we need to start capitalising on some results and, and trying to, to make that car fast um, and so we're not sitting there come later in the year and think hope someone has a bad round to try and make up a points deficit. And in broad terms is you know, with the little changes that have come recently is the Mustang now closer to the Camaro is it almost equal? I'm not going to comment on that stuff. Well, I, <laughs> I just don't want to get into it it's um, one of okay. those things yeah so I, I'll just leave that up to supercars to work out what they're what they think's um, close and what's not. Mostert is optimistic about further gains at next month's Tasmania Super Sprint at Simmons Plains, which is what's well, a sort of a recent happy hunting ground for the returned Ford Hero. Uh, yeah, we obviously got my first WAU win there. I, I was before that. I was actually, I don't think I ever had a good result before I come to this team. So um, yeah, I'm happy to go back there. Um, no doubt. We've got some things we will want to try there for sure now that we've found the car a little bit, bit happier in a window. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, yesterday wasn't excited to go racing. Today, actually, you know, after what we learned, um, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was back to what we were kind of a little bit like Newcastle. And um, you get back to the, the drawing board and you keep trying to make those gains. But, yeah, the last round and, and, and yesterday, we definitely took a few steps backwards. And I know it's not a big deal, but... Are you enjoying being back in a Ford? Yeah, I am. You know, the fans welcome me. I think every round I at least get, you know, about five to ten people come up and say, um, welcome back, which is pretty cool. You know, the, the Blue Blood family is like um, a pretty special one. I was actually a bit of a Ford fan when I was growing up. So 
Um, but it was cool, you know, look, must say the last couple of years representing um, Holden was it was pretty exciting too to see how their culture is and all that kind of stuff. So I've been lucky enough to drive on both sides of the fence, except obviously Chevy, but, um, you know, Ford and how they, their manner and, and, and some of the legends that have driven for them over the years, it's pretty cool to be back in that camp. And, you know, the good thing about the, the guys at Ford, they make the effort to come through all their teams evenly, you know, you don't feel like um, that you've been forgotten about or any of their drivers. And I think they, they really put a big effort into that. Still a lot more to come after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Welcome back. So now, some supercars calendar news. As Newcastle and New Zealand await government decisions, Perth is set for a multi-year renewal. The weekend's event at Wanneroo Raceway was the last of the existing agreement. Supercar Supremo Shane Howard held high-level talks with WA government officials during the Perth Super Sprint, and he's confident a new agreement will secure Wanneroo's return in 2024 and beyond. Oh, yes, we are, mate. Um, yeah, we've had a good race meeting here with crowds being up. Um, and uh, the relationship with the government's very strong. And, uh, yeah, I'm very confident that we will be here for uh, for years to come. So looking at a multi-year renewal? Uh, yes, yeah, we, want to, yeah, we would like to uh, do that. And it's looking very favourable. And, uh, yeah, that we'll, we'll get that done. And amid Shane Van Gisbergen's complaints about not racing in New Zealand this year, he, and indeed all Kiwi fans, will be pleased to hear that a trans-Tasman return is very much in the works. Again, to Supercar CEO Shane Howard, who confirms Taupo is now very much in contention. A Supercar's delegation is due to visit the former A1GP track next week to gauge whether it can support an event for supercars as talks with the New Zealand government for funding continue. Now known as Topor, in deference to the original Maori pronunciation of the near, nearby resort town, the circuit is owned by Queensland Raceway proprietor Tony Quinn, who also owns Hampton Downs, the other Kiwi contender. Howard is increasingly optimistic that supercars will be racing across the Tasman again next year. Yeah, we're well into the process. It's been quite lengthy. Um, as I've said previously, that with the circuit, no circuit actually in the uh, well in the sorry in the Auckland area, um, we've been um, we've presented the opportunity to uh, major events New Zealand, and they're in full process of our submission. Um, obviously, there's two circuits um, that you know, really could um, could work and, and that's uh, Hampton Downs and uh, you got the pronunci pronunciation right, Topor. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, next week we, we're, um, we'll be sending some people over to have a look at, uh, at Topor 
and um, and yeah, again, I'd be hope, hopeful that we could get a position, you know, at the end of May, because um, it starts to get difficult if it goes longer than that to actually, you know, um, really get a calendar into good shape. So Topor is a real contender. So you've got some choice now. Yeah, absolutely, and you know the, we've got to make sure the tracks are suitable for a you know a, a, a supercar competition, and you know um, got the relevant um, uh, FII grade uh, licensing. But um, yeah, there's a lot a lot of uh, governments um, think favourably of you know supporting events in regional areas, and um, you know Topor has been. Uh, mentioned as an opportunity, so we'll have a look at it. Renee Gracie made a subdued return to racing in the GT support events over at Wanneroo. Subdued in that she ran at the back of the GT3s in her Audi R8, and due to the fact that she received a notable lack of coverage on the Supercars Run event broadcast. But Gracie emerged upbeat from her solo drive against a strong pro-am field. <laughs> but we didn't crash. We were clean all week and I made lots of improvements, heaps of track time with two 40-minute practices, two one-hour races. It was perfect weekend to lead us into the rest of the season, Phillip Island and all the other races to come, I think. Now I know the car, there's a lot less to think about leading up to the next races now that I'm comfortable. And, yeah, we ticked all the boxes and we're all pretty happy and we can go into Phillip Island with, with high spirits. As noted... The popular adult entertainer was conspicuous by her absence from the TV coverage. Coincidence or conspiracy? Well, there were strong suggestions of politics at play. Gracie expects to receive a lot more exposure in Stan Sports coverage at the next round at Phillip Island on Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, I think the whole program that we've chosen to do has been a great reintroduction back into racing. I don't have other drivers. I don't have anything to worry about. I can really just focus on myself. The team and I can get to know each other. I can get to know the car. Not having to worry about someone else and hopping in the car and other things that you have to worry about when you have a co-driver or you're sharing. So, yeah, I think the whole program, including the car and the category that we're in and just being my own driver, has just been the, the best pick and a great reintroduction. I think I'll be shown on TV more. <laughs> that's that's the plan. I think I'll get more airtime. A lot of people are upset that they haven't been able to see me on TV much but I think knowing that obviously I've got support from Stan in the GT category which is really good um, we're talking about in-car cameras and stuff like that so people can actually be involved with the program and obviously see me race which they haven't been able to do this weekend so I think this is again a good introduction people know that I'm here I'm getting a lot of off-track attention so that sort of makes up for it I guess um, and then yeah at Phillip Island I would assume that I'll still get the off-track attention and then people will actually be able to see me in the car and be a bit more involved in what I'm doing and coming back racing. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. In major national racing news, Melbourne Performance Centre's move into the Porsche Carrera Cup Championship has expanded from two to three entries before they've even hit the track. As Parked Up Plus revealed exclusively last week, 
the renowned GT and TCR squad is adding an effort in the Carrera Cup. We can now also confirm that MPC will take on three cars, with competitive amateur Matt Belford joining the lineup. So that'll be three Porsche 911 Cup cars for Belford, Nick McBride, and Mark Sini. The trio started the season at the Porsche Centre Melbourne team, but have switched to MPC, with team owner Troy Russell committing to putting every effort into making sure they have a competitive setup from the second round of the championship in Darwin next month. Yeah, we've got four or five weeks to piece it all together now, but yeah, three cars works well as far as transport, staff numbers and stuff, so the economy of scales work better with three, so it's great to have three. Uh, yeah, we've got a bit of work to do. The next four to five weeks, we've got to essentially set up a whole new race team. We don't want to rob stuff out of the Audi or the TCR deal. Um, it'll be a complete standalone with all the equipment. Everything will be everything will be new. So, yeah, there's a bit of stuff to buy and source and, and get organised, just, you know, things like uniforms and pit walling and signage and, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff to, to think about in the next three or four weeks, yeah. Uh, and cool to have a bit of a mix between Pro and Pro-Am as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think Matt's, you know, obviously he's eyeing the AM Championship at some stage. Um, I think we're currently fourth in the Championship. When I say we, um, that's where he currently is, so I guess we take over from there. Um, yeah, obviously that's his aim, is to try and win the AM Championship, whether it's this year or next. Um, Mark Sini's one of the most uh, longest career cup customers in the world I believe as far as race starts so that's good and then we've got Nick McBride obviously he's um, in the AM and the pro division and we're hoping we can get him to the front It was a huge weekend of racing here and overseas a big program of supercar supports at Wanneroo plus Formula 1 IndyCar, WEC sports cars and TCR World Tour there was success for Scott McLaughlin and a strong international debut for local TCR young gun Ben Bagwana. Here with his roundup of all the action, here's Grant Rowley, thanks to our partner, Bob Jane Teamouts. The Repco Supercars Championship held a spirited round of racing in the far west with Erebus Motorsport emerging as a genuine title contender. Reigning champion Shane Van Gisbergen dug deep to win the first race, bumping his way past Erebus fighter Brody Kostecki for the race one win. Kostecki's Coke teammate Will Brown won Sunday's first race, while SVG's teammate Brock Feeney claimed the final win. Kostecki continues to lead the Repco title from Chas Mostert, SVG, Brown and Feeney. Also at Wanneroo Park was the Dunlop Super 2 Series, and Walkinshaw and Dreddy Kiwi Ryan Wood took both of those race wins. In Super 3, Job Stewart and Cameron McLeod took a win apiece. The second round of the GT World Challenge Australia was also held in Perth. Yasser Shahin and Garnet Patterson were the overall Pro-Am winners, while Brad Schumacher was just too good in the AM class. In Super Utes, Aaron Borg swept them all around the sandy Wanneroo track, taking all four wins. Also locally, the Australian Superbikes and Aussie Racing Cars competed at the Paperclip Queensland Raceway. In the Superbikes, Troy Herifos took his Penrite Honda to two wins, while in the Aussie Racing Cars, Joel Heinrich won two races, with the other wins shared by Reese Chapman and Roland Gray. 
Up in Darwin, TA2 Muscle Cars held the world's first two-driver TA2 race meeting with the event concluding today, Monday. The Ford Mustang of Dylan Thomas and Tim Brooke scored the most points over the six races to claim the overall win. And if that's not enough for you, overseas held even more motorsport. In Formula 1, Sergio Perez claimed victory for Red Bull in a somewhat lackluster Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Championship leader Max Verstappen was seemingly on track for the win, but the rubber of the green did not fall his way when a safety car appeared, handing Perez an advantage he did not pass up. Charles Leclerc was third, while Australian Oscar Piastri was just outside the points in 11th in his McLaren. Formula 2 saw Brit Oliver Beerman claim both the sprint and feature race wins in what was a battle for survival. Australian Jack Doohan failed to finish the sprint and took home 15th place in the feature race. In IndyCar, former supercar star Scott McLaughlin secured a brilliant win in Alabama. The Kiwi overcame a race-long strategy battle with Romain Grosjean to take the win and now sits fourth in the title standings. Australian Will Power finished the race in third. In the World Endurance Championship at Spa, Toyota finished 1-2 in the six-hour race in what was a controversial weekend that saw a number of big accidents. Many teams were complaining that the ban on tyre warmers were putting the cars and drivers at risk, none more so than Cadillac driver Ringer van der Sander, who endured a almighty shunt. In MotoGP, Francesco Bagnaia took a brilliant win aboard his Ducati, holding off Brad Binder and his KTM Aussie teammate, Jack Miller. And in the inaugural round of the Kumo TCR World Tour round at Portimao in Portugal, Norbert Mistelich and Santiago Eurisha took the wins while Aussie Ben Baguana finished 19th and 12th, and he also claimed the Rookie of the Round prize. Well done, Ben. Oof, that is just enough from the world of motorsport. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our friends at Bob Jane T-Marts. Thanks, Grant. Phew, certainly a lot to get through. Okay, well, that's it for now. As we said right at the top, a blockbuster show. Back next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday. That'll feature a lot more insight and reaction from all the goings-on over at Wanneroo and much further afield. And don't forget, Network R's other must-listen podcasts, Girls on the Grid every Monday and every second Friday, Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith host the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Show. This has been Parked Up Plus, where you hear the big news from the big names every week. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 